Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lake Scenario Leader and Kentucky.com. It is August, and that means football is just around the corner. In fact, Kentucky's football's media day is this Friday. And with football cranking back up, we're going to crank up the podcast. We'll have more regular podcasts here during August leading into football and all through the football and basketball seasons. And for this podcast, the topic has been the is the topic that has been the topic of conversation in college athletics, especially the SEC and the Big 12, and that is Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. And to discuss that topic, I talked with Blair Kirkhoff, who's covered who covers college athletics for the Kansas City Star. He's covered the Big 12 and Kansas athletics and Missouri athletics for a long time. He does a great job. He's also a host of the Sports Beat KC podcast Monday through Friday on Kansas City uh, on of the Kansas City Star on KansasCity.com. So check that out as well. I talked with Blair about whether the how surprised was the Big 12 that Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave to go to the SEC. When might Texas and Oklahoma start playing in the SEC? And what's going to happen with the Big 12? We also talked about the football impact and the basketball impact of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 to join the SEC. Before my conversation with Blair, though, I wanted to remind you about the Sports Pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our U.K. basketball coverage with Jerry Tipton, all our U.K. football coverage with Josh Moore, U.K. recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get columns by Mark Story and myself. You get our uh, high school coverage with Jared Peck, $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on, on Twitter at John Clay IV. At the top of my feed, the pinned tweet explains about the Sports Pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. Click on that. It'll take you right to where you need to go. Uh, or just go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription button, and check out all of the offers uh, for a digital subscription to Kentucky.com or a print subscription to the Herald Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Arrow Leader. So without further ado, let's get right to it. My conversation about the Big 12 and the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma with Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Blair Kirkhoff, a longtime sports writer, great sports writer, reporter for the Kansas City Stars, covered the Big 12 and Kansas athletics, college athletics for a long time. How, how you doing, Blair? Good, good, John. Great, great talking to you. And uh, yeah, Big Twelve since its inception. So I've seen all twenty-five. They just they just completed their twenty-fifth year of competition, and I'm not sure how many more are left. <laughs> well, that's what we wanted to talk to, talk to you about. Uh, before I forget, though, I want to also mention that Blair is also host of the KC Sports Beat podcast. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday. You should check that out. Especially Kentucky fans should check that out for basketball Yes, uh, from time to time. And I know we'll have more of it when uh, basketball uh, cranks up about Kansas. Uh, but we wanted to talk to you about the big news with Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. First of all, Blair, how blindsided, how blindsided was, was the Big 12 in this? Did they have any inkling that this was coming? Not at all. And we know that to be true because a week before the the news leaked out, Big 12 held its football media days. You know, they didn't have one the previous year. Nobody had one the previous year because of COVID. And the Big 12 was first out of the gate this year. So they did it on July 14 and 15 um, in, in Arlington, Texas. 
And there was, you know, there, there was uh, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma and Steve Sarkeesian with Texas joining the, the eight other coaches talking about the, the upcoming season. And everybody felt great, first of all, to be to be back under one roof and, uh, and, and just holding a media event. And it was just a few days later that that the news came the news came out about about Texas and Oklahoma uh, requesting an invitation uh, for the SEC. And the reason I say everybody was blindsided was because Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner, even joked after giving his opening statement down there, which he always, like most commissioners do, they kick off football media days with a statement. He kicked his off and got to the end of it and said, well, nobody asked me about realignment. That's a first and kind of a ha-ha moment. And it's because nobody, you know, nobody, nobody thought it was in the cards, including him. Um, and then, of course, just the you know, the avalanche of news comes out and turns out Texas and Oklahoma had been working on this for, for quite a while. And for him, for Bob Bowlesby not to know, I, I think he has a good point in that um, so during conference meetings, all this proprietary information that is uh, that's passed along, Texas and Oklahoma, at least we think the people in the room knew Maybe not. Maybe even the athletic directors didn't know. I tell you what, the football coaches didn't know. Right. Or, but uh, but I don't know. I, I don't. The, the circle of, of secrecy was very very tight at both Texas and OU. Is this a? I mean, what is, is the reason behind it? Money, like all things, or are there other things in play? I mean, money insecurity. Um, you know, wanting to make sure you're part of a viable Power Five conference or Power Four, whatever it's going to end up being. Um, they, they're clearly the, the bell cows of the Big 12, the highest, uh, the biggest budgeted schools, the schools with the most overall athletic success and the, the biggest brands, certainly when it comes to football, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, a, a big moment is that nobody kind of knew it at the time, or at least the people in the media didn't understand how big this moment was, but several months ago, the, the Big 12 went to ESPN. Uh, ESPN and Fox hold the, the, the rights for the, the, for the TV broadcast. They went to ESPN and Fox to renegotiate its, um, uh, its TV deal that expires after the 24-25 season. And ESPN said, uh, and Fox said they weren't interested in doing that. Now, meanwhile, they were making, you know, there were deals being made with other conferences to extend rights or to change uh, uh, rights holders and uh, the, the Big 12 got the stiff arm. So that should have, probably should have gotten more play then. And I think what happened was Oklahoma and Texas, you know, were part of the, those meetings and said, oh, wait a second. What, what do you mean there's not going to be a, why, why aren't ESPN and Fox interested in the Big 12 beyond the, the, uh, the, the media rights? So I, I think that's when they started asking themselves if the Big 12 was right for them, the right fit. And, uh, I, I, I do think when the history of this is written, it's going to be traced back to that piece of news and then Texas and Oklahoma starting to talk among, with each other. And I think uh, at least Bob Bowlesby um, uh, said to, with ESPN as well. So, um, so that's sort of the skullduggery that went on a few months ago. Yeah, and I've heard, I've heard or at least seen some speculation or at least talk conspiracy theorists that uh, you know the ESPN, ESPN deal with SEC starts, I believe, in 2024, 
and that ESPN wanted Texas and Oklahoma to come to the SEC because that would make that deal even more profitable for ESPN. Is that just conspiracy theory out there? No, I, I think there's uh, – I, I wouldn't be surprised at anything, right? Because right. the CBS SEC deal runs out – I think 2023 is the final year for that. Right. And, and after that, ESPN's going to own all of it. And, and, and look, the SEC is, is obviously the – an incredibly valuable property and, um, and it's proven its value over the years. So, uh, I, I, I don't blame the sec for wanting this. Right. And, uh, and, and when, when, when Texas and Oklahoma come knocking on your door, how is that any different than, you know, Michigan or Ohio state doing it or Clemson, Florida state doing it? It's right. when the two, the two best teams from a conference come knocking on your door, you absolutely got to let them in. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that I do think uh, just based on everything we've heard and read and the people I've talked to that um, X number of months ago, I, I can't pinpoint it. But uh, I, I think that both those schools, either the, the university presidents, maybe it's just only at the presidential level and, um, and ESPN uh, got together and started talking about, you know, a future of Texas and OU in the SEC and. And nobody really cared about what was going to happen to the rest of the Big 12. But, uh, but that's, that's really not for Texas and OU to be concerned about. Right. Well, that, that, that's my next question. What, what does happen to the Big 12? Can the Big 12 still be a viable conference? Will they, dis, will they disband and their members be poached by other leagues? Or will they try to bring in uh, some schools to replace uh, Texas, Oklahoma and expand themselves? That's, that's the option, isn't it? It's, it's either expand or get picked apart. And whatever you, whatever, I guess the best course of action is depends on the perspective of each different school. And by that, I mean, if you're, let's just take Kansas, um, Kansas, you know, would, would seem to have a brand that has value, certainly has men's basketball that has great value. And in other areas like endowment and, you know, academic reputation, belonging to the, the Association of American Universities. Kansas believes it has something to sell and, uh, and, and wants a Big Ten or a Pac-12 to, to be a buyer, right? right? And Kansas may be, of the eight schools remaining, Kansas, because of that, may be in the best position to, to land in a Power Five conference. Some suggest that it's Oklahoma State or Texas Tech when it comes to that because if the PAC 12 wants to expand into that part of the country and to have Texas, you know, have properties in Texas and Oklahoma could bring some value to the, you know, to the PAC 12 network. So it's, it really does depend on the perspective of your university, but all the rhetoric right now is the big 12, if it stays together, if the eight schools remain together, it would, um, it could, you lose obviously 50, almost probably more than 50% of your television value because of losing Texas and Oklahoma, but still, still uh, have more money from a conference revenue standpoint than, um, you know, than, than other conferences like the American athletic conference or the mountain West. I, I think that the, the estimates are just from TV, football TV revenue, big 12 schools could get about $15 million a piece as opposed to the 28 to $30 million they were getting just from the football and uh, you know, the, the football TV contracts. Now, 
that doesn't include any NCAA basketball tournament money, any basketball conference tournament money, any bowl money. So there's more to be had than the $15 million. It's just a, you know, it's, 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 you know, if you're, listen, if you're Kansas or any school that might have a, have a chance to have a conversation with an existing power five conference, I don't think there's any doubt you have to go. But if there is no conversation like that, I think the best alternative for the schools that are in the Big 12 is to stay together as eight, add some schools from the American Athletic Conference like Houston and Cincinnati, uh, Central Florida perhaps, one or maybe one more, and try to go as a 12-team league. That's There's, there's no longer a power five, but there might be a power four and a half, right? right. And, uh, um, and, and, and that way you're – you're not making as much as the schools in the Big Ten or the ACC or the SEC, but you're not making a whole lot less than the schools in the Pac-12, and you're making more, considerably more, than the other conferences. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Of course, we're close to Cincinnati here, and Cincinnati has a you know an excellent football program. Uh, you know they they have a chance to uh, make the uh, college football playoff this year uh, with the returnees they have and so forth. Obviously, Central Florida's had a lot of success here lately in football. It's going to be interesting to see you know how that shakes out. What about okay, Texas and Oklahoma? Is it 2025 before they can start playing in the SEC, or do you see some sort of deal being struck before that to let them in early, or is, or is the financial payout that they would have to uh, give the Big 12 just too prohibitive for something like that to happen? Yeah, this goes back to some of the accusations that uh, that Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 made back when the, when the soon after, a few days after the story broke, and that... Um, uh, Big 12 accused ESPN of trying to orchestrate a, uh, a breakup of the Big 12 so Texas and Oklahoma would not be held to a grant of rights uh, exit penalty fee, you know, fee, and which could, you know, if, let's just say for, for sake of argument that this is the last year of Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, the 20. 21-22 school season would be it. And in all the other instances where schools left the Big 12, they all left a year, within a year after they, it was announced, right? Nebraska, Missouri, A&M, and, and Colorado. So if, if, you know, if history holds and it's just one year, then the, the, those schools would owe a ton of money, ton of money to the Big 12 in terms of uh, grant of rights, which are you know rules that those schools agreed to back ten years ago. I mean, I've, I've seen the estimates up to like a total of 150 million dollars combined for those two schools owing the Big 12. So ESPN, said, you know, according to the you know the, the sort of the whispers was, well, we don't want the schools to have to pay that. So maybe if we can go in and break up the Big 12, have the American come in and uh, and it's you know take three to five Big 12 schools, then uh, then the Big 12 will no longer exist. If the Big 12 no longer exists, then grant of rights no longer means anything, and, and they can get away with that. So um, that's why you're hearing a lot of strong talk about the eight schools staying together. One of them is just for financial reasons, right. because they think that if they stay together, they're going to hold either Texas and Oklahoma are going to stay in the conference until the grant of rights expires, which is a 24-25 season, or if they leave, there's going to be a big check cut to the Big 12, which in turn goes to the schools. Now, you know, there's there's also the, the part of this where the Longhorn Network, which is a 20-year deal uh, that 
ESPN has with just the University of Texas. It's the only one like it in, in college sports. You know, they still owe over uh, ten years. Ten years left. That's about 150 million dollars that that ESPN's going to owe Texas just for the Longhorn Network. If they break that deal, there is some talk that that was the money that ESPN would use to buy, you know, to to help pay or defray the the leaving expenses for um, for Texas and Oklahoma. So a lot going on. Uh, there's a, a lot to discuss, a lot to figure out. Um, but uh, but one thing that, that's at least now that we're in the sort of the, the, the week after of the, the news breaking, everybody seems to have taken their breath. And I, I noticed today Bob Bowlesby speaking to a Texas legislature saying that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to you know, calm the rhetoric and, uh, and not go after each other publicly. But I, I think lawyers will make a lot of money on, <laughs> on, on this whole deal, as lawyers often do. That's right. There, there will be lawyers, as they say. Yep. Uh, okay, let's say Texas and Oklahoma. Let's talk, let's talk football first. I want to talk basketball a little bit, but let's talk football first. Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. Obviously, Oklahoma very successful. Uh, the end of the Bob Stoops tenure and Lincoln Riley hasn't missed a beat, maybe even improved him a little bit. Texas has struggled since uh, Mac Brown uh, retirement, although he resurfaced in North Carolina, but now with Steve Sarkeesian. How do you think both those schools do in the SEC on a week to week basis well in football oklahoma's been ahead of texas now for quite a while ever since mac as you mentioned mac brown since he departed you know mac and texas were in the they were in the, the old um you know uh, college football uh, championship game what i forgot what we called it then the, uh, <laughs> bcs yeah bcs that's right in for the 09 season they played alabama that turned out to be nick saban's first national championship at alabama Colt McCoy was the, the Texas quarterback who got hurt in that game. I really think Texas may have had the better team that night, yeah. but, uh, but McCoy got hurt in the first quarter, and Alabama went on to win that game. And, you know, Alabama with, uh, with Saban have been just monsters ever since then. And Texas, you know, has really been really terrible. I mean, for, by Texas standards over the last decade. And to be honest with you, I, I – the, the, for Texas going into the SEC is probably going to save Texas football. So now, because when it, Texas can now recruit the best athletes in the state of Texas, it had done that for more than a century. But then when Texas A&M entered the SEC, it opened the door for recruiting big time into that state. And so LSU, the Mississippi schools, everybody was coming into Texas and taking the players that Texas used to have a, they used to corner the market on those guys. It really did affect Texas, especially along the offensive line. So, so I mean, Texas almost had to leave the big, the Texas-based Big Twelve to be competitive in another conference. Um, so, I think I think we'll start to see them improve, but it's going to take a while. Um, they're not going to be, you know, they're, they're, they'll be top half of the Big Twelve this year, but uh, but it's going to take them a while to get up to SEC level. And then for Oklahoma, it, that's, I'm, even, I'm more curious to see how OU responds to the new conference because it's one thing to, you know, to go eight and one in the Big Twelve and have your annual loss to either Kansas State or <laughs> TCU or somebody like that. But you know, it, it's just going to be a, you know, every week in the SEC is uh, is a war, and we'll see how how Oklahoma holds up under under these new conditions when when that begins for them. But you're right. I think Lincoln Raleigh's a heck of a coach. I think he's one of the nation's best coaches. I, I think he'll be an NFL coach someday because that's just the trend now in, in football. And um, I, I think that uh, I think Oklahoma starts off, 
in a better position than Texas, but eventually, just because of what Texas is and what they've been, I, I think they end up being competitive in the SEC. Okay, one last thing before I let you go. Of course, here, a lot of interest in basketball, of course. What does it mean for basketball? I mean, uh, it looks to looks from afar that Chris Beard really has a – of course, he hasn't coached the game at Texas yet, but he's an excellent coach. He's doing a really good job recruiting. It looks like he could really take advantage of – he could really do something a lot of people have said, you know, uh, they need a coach there who can take advantage of what Texas has to offer to make it, make it a national championship type basketball team and then you have Oklahoma who uh, Lon Kruger retired you have Porter, Porter Moser in now as coach what, what about those two basketball programs yeah I think maybe maybe the opposite is true for basketball than football um, I, I I think Chris Beard is one of the great coaches in the country and he will whatever conference Texas plays in he'll win he'll, he'll do a terrific job he, he's just that good a coach and uh, so Look, SEC basketball has gotten so much better over the years. The, the coaching has gotten so has gotten really, really good, and um, and I think what they've been able to do is take you know keep some of the best athletes, basketball players, prospects in the country, and keep them in the, in the SEC, from that part of the country and keep them in that part of the country, and that's that's really helped. But just to see what Nate Oates has been has been doing at Alabama and you know right. Bruce Pearl at Auburn, just just one after another, just so good. Um, the, the quality of basketball, I think, has gotten so much better in the SEC. But but Chris Beard, I think, will be up to that challenge, as he will here in the Big 12 with Kansas and Baylor this year. I think it's Texas is going to be good this season, and I think the games against Baylor and Kansas are going to be some of the best in college basketball. Now, Oklahoma, we're all waiting and seeing what Porter Moser is going to bring to, to OU. I I wonder how he's going to be able to recruit at, uh, you know, that style of basketball cerebral and and um you know just really really great shot selection patience how that's going to work at oklahoma long Kruger was was similar to that but also was able to turn guys loose when he you know think about oklahoma having players like buddy Heald right. and trey trey young and, and blake griffin just in the last 12 years or so um porter Mosier, i i think it's going to be a bigger challenge for him than uh, uh than for chris beard well, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. It'll also be interesting to see when it starts to play out, when Texas and Oklahoma actually play in the SEC. But Blair will be there to cover it all. And Blair, tell uh, tell the listeners where they can find you online. Yeah, well, thanks, John. Um, yeah, KansasCity.com is the is the website. Not to be confused with Kentucky.com, <laughs> which is your website. They're really <laughs> clever with the, uh, <laughs> with the search titles there. But yeah, KansasCity.com and, and yeah, SportsBeatKC is the podcast where you we do it every day, and uh, we do a lot of Chiefs and Royals and, and college sports as well. Well, be sure and check out all of Blair's work. He does a terrific job. Every Everybody at the Kansas City Star does a great job. They are uh, a fine McClatchy paper as well as the Herald Leader. So, Blair, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Great talk to you, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star. Be sure and check out all of his work on KansasCity.com. Go to Apple Podcasts and do a search for Sports BKC Podcast. 
they do a great job over there um, covering on the podcast, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, college athletics, like I mentioned, uh, especially when we get into basketball season. They have a ton of podcasts about Kansas basketball, which I think will be particularly interesting to Kentucky fans uh, going into this season. So be sure and check out all of the work. They all do a great job there at the Kansas City Star. Check that out on Kansas City. Dot com. Check out, you can follow me on Twitter, as I mentioned earlier, John Clay IV. Check out all of our coverage at Kentucky.com and the Herald Leader. Uh, recently, I've written columns about, uh, uh, had a column a couple of weeks ago about Eastern Kentucky coach Roy Kidd, former Eastern Kentucky coach, the legendary coach who will turn 90 later this year. You can check out that column. Uh, I've had some columns about um, uh, football and basketball, about the Texas Oklahoma move to the SEC, and about how that might affect Kentucky football. You can check that out as well. Uh, check out our UK recruiting coverage with uh, Ben Roberts and the Next Cats blog. Uh, co- check out our UK football coverage, as I mentioned earlier, with Josh Moore. Josh has done an interesting series where he's made the case for which quarterback might be UK starting quarterback this fall. Uh, he's And he talked to some local media for that as well. Uh, he made the case for whether it's going to be Will Levis or Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen, Nick Scalzo. It's an interesting series. Be sure and check that out. Jerry Tipton has an interesting story about how Kentucky basketball positioned itself to be a leader in the new world of NIL. Check that out. Mark Story has a column about UK's showing in the Olympics. The This is the year UK showed the world it is much more than a basketball school. So check that out. I think there are 21 current and former UK athletes in the Olympics, and they've, and they've had a quite a bit of success. Check out all of that coverage as well. And high school football is cranking up, so be sure and check that out with Jared Peck as well. Uh, thanks for checking out the podcast. Remember, you can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Leave us a rating review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out. We appreciate everybody who supports the podcast and who listens to the podcast. And as I said, football is is cranking up, so we're going to have many more of these podcasts. We'll be releasing them on a much more regular basis, so be sure and look for that as well. Again, thanks to Blair Kirkhoff, and thanks to everybody for listening.